Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, here we go. Another top name on Open Goal. It's Mr. Chung's most handsome son-in-law. Kyle Lafferty, what's happening, big man? I'm great, mate. How are you? I'm very good. For anyone that doesn't know who Mr. Chung is, it's a guy who's produced five angels. Kyle goes out with one of them. Big Dazzle Day goes out with the other. How is it having that clown as a brother-in-law? Uh, it's all right, to be honest. Um, if you had asked me... Ten years ago, I would have been calling him every every word under the sun, to be honest. <laughs> but nah, he's he's top guy. Um, I think we both admitted for two or three days meeting each other that I used to think he was a prick and he, he I was a prick. So I still think he's a prick. <laughs> yeah, but nah, he's he's top guy. Oh, he's coaching now as well, isn't he? And you're um you're with a club, so has he been taking you for one on ones at the back? No, I've been taking him. <laughs> have you never had a kick with a guy? Uh, we've had, we've played five aside two or three, maybe two or three years ago. Uh, but yeah, that was easy. I kept it easy on. Oh, let's see the let's see the collection behind you. Oh, this one, just all my press uh, all all my medals have fell. What's <laughs> <laughs> that three in a row one? <laughs> Oh, what a man. I was going to wear my sash as well, but I thought, nah, it's getting iron. <laughs> it's getting iron. Who's ironing it? Big Daz? Aye. He wore it last weekend, so I was like, mate, you have to wash it and iron it. <laughs> Tremendous. Oh, I need to ask you, I've always wondered this. Do you use, uh, have you ever sat and watched a set of Green just game together? Aye. What's it like? I think we were like... It was low key, to be honest. If I was there by myself or my mates, it would have been it would have been crazy. Like, but now nah, we just sat there, cup of tea, some crisp chocolate, and just watched it. Brilliant. Right, mate. We'll kick on with the career. Uh, I'm moving all this. No, I'll keep that. I'll keep my medals. Keep my medals, mate. Tremendous. Uh, right, the youth career. I grew up in uh, Northern Ireland. How was that? Were you were you ever in a bit of trouble for that, Kyle? Nah. Um, I, I I was from a wee village, like probably the nearest town was about fifteen miles away. So I was like well away from all that stuff. Um, probably I think everyone's probably you know from Omar and Asiano through the bombings, like the big bombings there. But 
that's the nearest towns for me. So I uh, I was from a wee village, um, 2,300 people from it. Um, so I was I was kept away from that. Um, but to, to play football, I kind of had to travel. So I had to go to them towns to, to play in the, the train for the Milk Cup team and the Northern Ireland trials and stuff like that there. So, but uh, like growing up, I made my debut at the senior team where I'm from at, at 14. And, uh, 14? What, uh, men's, men's football? Yeah, men's team, yeah. But I was a big dangly thing, man. I was just <laughs> twice the size of them. But um, yeah, started when I was 15, or 14. Played two years there and um, played the Milk Cup for for Fermanagh, one of the counties, um, for four years, two years maybe, yeah, two years, and then I went to, with the, the Northern Ireland team there. So it was it was alright. It was good. Were you a, were you a big Rangers fan growing up? Yeah, I was. I've always supported them. Um, I think when when you're from Northern Ireland, see they're Rangers. I like to be honest, um, but. Um, all my mates were all Rangers fans, and any old firm used to. It was always obviously every Saturday at twelve, twelve thirty. So we'd be my football practice started at half ten, so I'd be running off the pitch before the end of the game and home, showered, get a few pounds off my mum and run run down to the local pub to watch the game with my mates. Did you get Stephen? Did you get Stephen watching it? <sighs> One or two pounds, but. Yeah, I was 14 at the time. <laughs> I know, but you're a first team player, man. At 14, you can drink pints, man. I ah, damn right, yeah. But it was, it was good. Um, Heroes, who did you like? Who, was your, who did you like Rangers-wise? Players? Uh, Alberts, man. He was... He, I, can, I can always remember two two goals he scored against Celtic. He's uh, He's got the ball and he's dribbled with it and he's went to went to shoot, dummied, went to shoot, dummied and finished it off. He's done that. I think he'd done it twice in the game, and I was like, "This guy's incredible." So I, I was out at the park after the after the game, trying to kick with my left foot. And obviously, if you if you see me play now, you can understand that it didn't really go down well. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh, so when did the move to Burnley come about? So many English guys go to the Milk Cup, and that's where they get spotted. Were you, were you the same? You know what, mine. My, the Milk Cup thing for me was strange because I've played. So I've played, I think it was four years from, for, for Mana, my county, and then I've gone into the, the, the Northern Ireland team. So I was playing, and I got sent off. So you miss, you miss, you miss a game. I think you do. So you miss a game. And the game after, um, Liverpool scout was coming to watch me. He came before, got sent off. So he's... Obviously, gave me another chance. Came again. So, my manager at the time went into the referees' uh, changing room. He went, "Listen, Liverpool scouts here looking at Lafferty. Just obviously go easy." So, one of the, one of the linesmen was from my area, from for the town. I'm close to. So the balls went out of play, and I'm complaining this my my throwing, and I've. I probably used the word I shouldn't have, and he's flagged up. What's going on here? He's sent off again. I'm like, ah. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm a young boy. So I'm walking off the touchline in tears, 
And my dad's, he's off his head. He's, he's standing there at the end of the game, waiting for the linesman to come off the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like, yes, come on. So, like, it was, it was crazy. So, I was like, oh, that's, that's me messed up my chances. So, there's a wee guy from Belfast. His name was Raymond Laverty. Um, he was a Burnley scout. So, he got all, all the guys from Northern Ireland. He got a team together to go over and play Burnley. Right. And uh, it was for, for one night. Got, got a wee minibus, drove over. And I, this is the first time I've ever been away from home. And I thought, we drove to bloody Mexico. It took that long. <laughs> so, um, went over, played the game. I've I done amazing. Probably never played such a good game in my life. And they won the same straight away. So... That's how Burnley came about um, when I, I left, when I was just turning 16, so. We always, we, like, obviously everyone knows you as a bit of a madman, we, we always like that as a kid as well. Yeah, I was always, I was always into something, uh, never shut up, uh, uh, half the time I don't talk sense, to be honest, carry on, carry on, it was, um, it was, um, ah, I'm always in the middle, always in the middle of things. Of things. Uh, right, you go over to Burnley, mate. Obviously, a young lad away from home for the first time. Uh, was there other guys that had travelled and they were staying in digs in Burnley with you? With you? Yeah, um, yeah um, there was two. There was two. There was two in Dublin. Uh, Chris McCann, a guy called Martin Riley. Chris obviously came through with me to the first good team. Player, Chris McCann, midfielder. Uh, he's really good. So he is. Um, he had a, f- a few bad injuries, but he's he's kicked on again. He, I think he's in America now. But he, um, so the, there was us three, just obviously 16 to 18, grown up together. Three, to be fair, they were crazy as well. Um, but we, we enjoyed, our, enjoyed our time, so we did. We just getting out of a bit of trouble, as young kids at Burnley? Yeah, we did. Um, it was, I probably can't really say on here <laughs> what we got up to, but it was, um, it was enjoyable. Like Chris passed his test early doors, so it was like out and about in the car and seeing cyclists cycling down the road, and you know, <laughs> if you get the picture. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. But Burnley would you like, get pulled in? Would you just get pulled in for the manager and that for having too much carry on? Uh, not, no, not really, because the the coach at the time, uh, his name was Pash. Um, he, he was, he, I think he knew before he signed us, before he signed me, that, that I was off my head, that he um, he basically left in school. Uh, it was it was good and he was a top guy and obviously um, him being more lenient, it was like, we, we got away with a lot more. Uh, Steve Connell was the manager. What about that accent, man? You know what? I have a lot of time for Steve. Like he, um, he obviously gave me a chance, got me into the first team and stuff. I got there, so it was, it was, it was brilliant. And he treated me and Chris like like a real, like his own. Um, when we when he left when he when he left Burnley, there was obviously a tear in our eyes. And me and Chris, when we were, came off the training pitch, and he um, he's obviously told us that he, we were leave, or he was leaving. We went and skipped in Tesco's and bought a wee bottle of champagne. I was like, uh, yeah, we've we done that. To be fair, he, he was brilliant with me and Chris. Um, 
but obviously football, football, and you get people come into your lives and leaves them. Mate, I've played against these teams and he can go mental on the sides, man. Oh, mate. Would he hammer boys? Aye, he used to hammer everyone. He used to hammer like all of us, to be honest. Even like, he looked after me and Chris, but he used to go off his head. Like, I remember, like, I got on the wrong side of him once. It was, uh, so I was getting, I was making a name for myself on the right way. And I was like, uh, there was a few bids coming in, like, Fulham was interested. Laurie Sanchez went to Fulham and he was, he, he wanted to sign me. So it was, it was a decent, decent amount of money. Um, so they turned it down and I'm sitting on, I'm sitting on peanuts at the, uh, at the club. So um, I went and spoke to him in, in his office and I was like, you're going to have to, if you're knocking these bids, but I'm basically saying what the senior lads are telling me. <laughs> if you're knocking back bids, you're gonna to have to give me decent money. I wasn't asking for a lot. I think uh, I'm not sure what I was asking for, but I was like, "You're gonna to have to." He's like, "No, I can't. The club can't do it." I went, "But the bids are coming in for me, so you're gonna to have to do something." He's like, ah. "So we've we had a away game later that day. So we've gotten a bus, and the lads are still talking to me. I'm like, I'm gonna see him, I." So he's uh, we've landed at the hotel, uh, a cup of tea, knocked on his room, got his room number and knocked on his room and he's come out half shaven. He's went, what? Went, can I speak with you? He's went, nah, <laughs> close the door. So after the game, he's popped away and he's like, we're going to give you a new contract and stuff like that there and <clears throat> uh, just come and, come and see me. Uh, Monday or Tuesday so um, I went and seen him and he gave me a, to be fair it was it wasn't the greatest increase of salary but it was a, it was alright at my age but <clears throat> he uh, I met him in Dubai oh, years after and he's we had a beer and he's speaking to me he's like you know you're right you what you're asking for you should have been on that money but I just wanted to look after you. I just didn't want to give you so much money at that young age. I mean, oh, the fuck? imagine the amount of horses I would have been betting back then. I was like, oh, nah, to be fair, he, he, he was brilliant with me and I have a lot of respect to, for him. And I think I actually know his number off by heart still. Um, it was just such a weird number. It was one of them private numbers. I'm sure I, if I sat down, I'd be able to get it. But, <laughs> See, when you're saying about the older boys in your ear all the time? Who, who were the older boys at Burnley that were good? Who, who was the ones that would be doing that to you? For a week, we grew up, me and Chris got into a team at their right age, and there was a lot of, lot of players that would, would help us. Um, Danny Coyne, um, Graham Alexander would be there. Um, Ali Akinbay, he was, he was brilliant with us. He, he, he'd still um, touch base and he'd still look out for Arsenal. Um, James O'Connor. Uh, players I got there Brian Jansen Giffen Noel Williams Giffen was a wee bit crazy to be fair but he was they're all I, I, what would he do what would he do it was crazy like me and Chris came onto the scene and he, he'd be like we'd be a wee bit chirpy me and Chris and uh, one day after the train I was a wee bit chirpy coming off the pitch I think it was uh, we were doing shooting and 
I've um, one of the days I've been on fire, so I'm scoring a few, and I'm like chirping, big brain, and sending goals. I'm like, I just see a flying pig and all that, giving all that banter. So, uh, <laughs> big beastie, his nickname is. So I was just like having a bit of banter. So me and Chris is usually goes to dinner, goes to lunch together, come back, shower, and just head into the town for a coffee. So Chris is nowhere to be seen. So he's obviously been given the heads up. So I'm, I'm in the shower getting getting ready. Big Brian Jensen comes in with one of them big weight body, body bags. Like they're 15, 20K. Beastie's probably about 200K anyway. So he pins me to the ground. Body bag on top of me, lying on me. Giffen strolls through with boot polish. <laughs> Me, he covered me the head to toe in boot polish. Spent about three hours with the scrubber in the in the shower. And once it was done, Chris comes through the shower, ready to go. Like, what the hell were you? He's like, I was over for lunch. I was like, No, you weren't, because I was at lunch. So he's obviously been giving the heads up, and he's he sat in his car. So he did. Maybe your mate as well, tell him on it. Nah, mate, there's no mates in football. Exactly. Yeah, right. uh, see, Frank Sinclair was it. Burnley at that time. See, in training, would you be up centre forward and he'd be playing against you at centre back? Mate, Frank would play anywhere. There'd be times Frank would play in goals. He honestly, he's, he's the funniest guy. Oh, he's up there with one of the funniest guys. Just his swagger and just the way he talks. And he uh, he lost his license, so he did at the time. And he had this guy driving him from. I think it was Manchester. He lived driving him from Manchester and. Honestly, it was it was hilarious seeing him. Like Frank, everyone knows Frank Sinclair is being Chelsea and stuff like that there. But it was he was he was brilliant and he was he was he was a wee bit crazy as well. But he was it's good to us. Like he's obviously playing at the highest level you can, and he'd uh, he'd look after us as well. When were you? Uh, when was it? When did I get to the stage that you were like absolutely flying? You knew like I need to go and move for here. I'm I'm ripping it up. Um, it's probably whenever I started just playing in like in the championship every every week, and um, I was I was in about the team when Steve Cottrell was there, and then Owen Coyle came in, and Owen Owen was good. He, I think he. he He'd uh, he'd speak to me and Chris, and he like on a Friday, in the five side we'd be like five v five and five and outside. He'd, he'd come and talk to us, and he's like, "You're gonna rip it up tomorrow and all that." And I can feel that you're gonna score. And he he was good. Owen Owen's a good manager, and to be fair, he's what a finisher he was. He he joined in on a Friday. I think the only reason we played five sides on a Friday was him to join in. But I think I've probably seen one of the best chips in football. He um, he's playing and he's got around one player and he's came up against Brian Jensen. Probably no joke about three yards out, Beastie's came out diving on his feet and he's chipped it up. Oh man, ten feet up in there, just dropped over the line and we're like, ah, laughing him. And he's. What did the boys clap the gap in? The boys clap uh, him. I was honestly one of the best finishes finish, finishes I've seen. About that time, mate, you were like to say like, how close did that come to happening? Um, obviously, Celtic, massive club, chance of winning trophies and cups and 
Champions League. It was, 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 it just would have been so hard because I was in about the Northern Ireland team and I was like a young boy, everyone up and coming star <laughs> in, the th- in, in the team. But I think it would have been hard. I think it would have been hard for my family back in Northern Ireland as well. Um, just everything that would have came with it. Um, I, I did speak to Gordon, like Gordon rang me and he, he spoke to me and he's like, listen, big man. Celtic fans hated me, but look at me now. They worship me. <laughs> but nah, like Gordon, he, 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 did, he did speak to me and he, he, he said probably all the right things, but I still, I couldn't have, couldn't have done it. But thankfully, the better team in Scotland came, came knocking on the door. See on that though, because Owen we've had Owen Coyle on here and like he makes no secret how big a Celtic fan he is. Was he like trying to persuade you to go to Celtic? Mate, ridiculous. <laughs> but I've I've left I've left up the end of the season and to go on my holidays and go back to Northern Ireland, play football with my mates, Majin's on the phone and uh, he's saying, Listen, Owen Coyle's not letting you go to Rangers. He's a uh, he want, he's trying to push through the Celtic deal. I'm like, well, I, I'd rather sit. I'll, I, I won't play. I'll just, I'll just sit there. I guess it's me talking from a young, like, twenty-year-old. I was, yeah. nah, not happening. So, I didn't want. I don't want to say I pushed through the deal because obviously, I would have been happy to stay at Burnley. But I was like, I'm not going. Nah, I'm, I've got to stay at Burnley. So obviously, you see. Coley obviously being a Celtic fan, he's obviously trying to push this deal through. He probably, he probably told Celtic off for two million and we'll get the deal done. But it turned out Rangers obviously made the bid and uh, after a few conversations with the with the gaffer and with the club, um, they accepted Rangers obviously, so it was brilliant. How, how buzzing was your family in that back home when you told them that, that you were going to Rangers? I was absolutely delighted. Like, it Did your was, dad have the drum it? Did your dad have the drum it? Me, me and my dad was, we were in the band. So like, oh, me, yeah. I, I grew up, me and like, my mates, flute band, everything, drums and everything. Like, I'd be, I'd be in the house and I'd be like, uh, my daughter probably knows this tune already. She's gonna be kitten. We we have like family outings around the house. She'd be like playing playing the triangle, and I'll be like in the drum behind him, and Mrs. would be marching and stuff like that. There through the house, up and down, just a, just a few laughs. Nah, but so <laughs> me and my mates, flute band. All my mates joined the flute band, and they'd be like, we used. I got to a stage that we used to me and my mates used to like get a CD off like the orange parades. And back then you could like record it onto a tape. Right. So you make hundreds of tapes and then sell them on the 12th. So we used to have us like, just sell them. So it'd be like, brilliant. 
So, uh, so what did they all, what did they all think? Like your mates, your mum and dad, when, when you told them signing for Rangers, was there a party or? Ah, it was it, it was good. It was it was obviously massive, massive thing for for someone from where I'm from to obviously to, to be a footballer to to make a name for myself, but to join Rangers were. 95% of the village supports in like coming up to July and August it's red, white and blue curbs, flags out and all this it was, it was a massive thing so um, I, when, I, when, I, when I signed got my signed on fee I was like I'm going to treat my family treated them, bought my sister a car mum, cash sister TVs and stuff like this for the house and all because I was like this is thing I'll never uh, no one will ever have a, probably get a chance from where I'm from ever before again the play for uh, Rangers so it's like I'm going to splash out going to make sure everyone in my family feels what I'm feeling so done all that um, I think it was a leaving party they had a leaving party for me I think um, to go to obviously move over. So did, you, was, did your dad come over with you to sign? My dad? Uh, did he come no, over to sign? No, no, I think my family came over a week after. Um, I think they stayed for two weeks or so um, once I got an apartment. Um, I got there, but um, it was just, it was, it was obviously amazing for for me and obviously my family to to play for Rangers. See, uh, see, in two thousand and eight, Rangers obviously got to the UEFA Cup final. You were in Man, uh, you were at Burnley. Sorry, finals in Manchester. No far. Did you go? Yeah, Rangers actually got me. I couldn't get a ticket. Couldn't get a ticket anywhere. So um, I rang my agent. Surely, if I'm joining them in two weeks' time, I'm, they can get me tickets. Like they leave it with me. So I got three tickets. Um, so I went. I've got three tickets and. I went up with my next door neighbour and I said, listen mate, he's a massive Rangers fan as well. He's went, I got, got a ticket for the, the Europa League final. He's like, how did you get that? I went, I'll tell you later. So I ended up, I've got him a ticket and I went, but I've got you one. So me and my, me and my three pals, me and my two pals went. Absolutely mental. Just, did you know what, did you know ask Owen Coyle do you know how to go? I actually, I think I did. Texan, but he, <laughs> and, uh, I wish I had it now. <laughs> it was, I, I imagine I'm watching that. See, when you know you're joining them, they're in the UEFA Cup final. Like, were you, were you buzzing to go and join that team? Aye, it was like I remember walking to the, we met up, met up early morning in, uh, in, in Manchester, got dropped off, having a few beers. Uh, walk into the stadium and obviously then people would start coming up to me get start noticing me and are you, are you coming I'm like I ah, don't know don't know I'm like Pfft. obviously I am but I didn't want to say yeah. and then I think it was a it was the first first game I was, I've been to um, the Europa League final um, for Rangers obviously I was, grew up in Northern Ireland didn't really have a lot of money and getting over the thing getting over to Rangers, uh, Glasgow to watch game was was probably a lot to expect from my mum and dad, but 
from my first Northern Ireland or Rangers game, it was an amazing game. I was sitting there in the stands singing the songs and all that, and just the whole atmosphere, like the whole stadium is all red, white, and blue, and just this wee section is is Zenith fans. I was like, this is absolutely amazing. I got goosebumps and everything. And then after the game, leaving, obviously devastated. Um, got my riot gear on, started the riot. <laughs> but, no, sorry, that was different. But um, I was leaving and getting phone calls from my mum and my dad and sisters. Are you okay? Just, we're watching in Manchester the riots. I was like, no, I'm good, I'm good. And the closer we got to of the city centre, there was there was just chaos over us. But um, they just thought, just, I had to rip off my top and make a few petrol bombs and things like that and join in. Uh, we're a family. We stick together. Us being just fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, boy, when was the first time you spoke to Walter Smith? Probably for my medical. Um, and obviously Walter Smith. Walter Smith. One of the greatest managers of probably is the greatest manager of Rangers time, um, and well respected throughout Scotland. Rangers and Celtic fans, I'm like, ah, uh, just in awe of him, loved him still to the day. He's dropped me for some important games, and I still love him, still speak to him whenever I see him and stuff like that. There, he's a brilliant guy, nice, friendly with, with the with, within the family as well. So um, yeah, he's he's one of the kindest and greatest men I've ever met. Yeah, see see that drive. Where do you drive to Murray Park or Ibrox? What's that? Where do you where do you drive to when you first go up? Is it Murray Park or is it Ibrox? Uh, I went to Ibrox. No, sorry, I went to went to Murray Park first. Done my medical, then I went across to meet Martin Bain. So he went, as Lee McCulloch told us a story, he'd done his medical at Murray Park and then Walter drove him to Ibrox, just the two of them. Was it, was it the same with you? Nah, I didn't get that luxury, man. Yeah. I, uh, I, my agent picked me up, dropped me off, uh, obviously dropped me off and drove me to, to Ibrox. But it was does, Walter just... buzz, does Walter buzz off that you're a Rangers fan? Does he like that? Huh? <laughs> he probably does, yeah. I think, I think every manager must buzz from signing, like, one of one of your own, don't they? Um, you get that extra feeling that you, you know that, that they're going to give everything for the club, and you know what you're going to get from the from from a fan. Um, mm. I've a story about Walter. So <clears throat> playing with Champions League, playing a uh, playing Man U. So I'm I'm starting. I think I don't think it was. Don't think we could have got out of the the group, but. It was. Don't think it was important, if you if you know what I mean. So, I'm starting. So we stayed in the hotel. Stayed in the hotel before night before. So we're we're training at at Murray Park in the morning. So I'm uh, I'm buzzing. So I've come off the bus with a with a magazine in my hand, rolled up. And me and Greg Wise walking down the corridor, and I've, I've said something smart. Tell him go go down to the youth section. So I'm turning right to pros, and he he's, he's in the squad as well. He's he's in the team or in I in the squad. So I've tried to toss him, and we've we're wrestling away, and I've I've fell, but instead of dropping the magazine, I've held on to it, and my my knuckle 
has like hit against the, the floorboard or the, the, the skirting board and my finger was like that. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Trying to, trying to fix it. Couldn't. So I'm white. Whiter than I am now. White. <laughs> I'm like, went into the doctor's and he's like, ah, fuck yeah, man. What's happened? I went, oh, I've just fell. So he's tried to pull it out and put it back into place. It wasn't, wasn't moving. So he's like, I think we're going to have to go to the hospital. I'm like, ah, tape it up. I'm, I'm playing tonight. He's like, nah, this tape's not going to do this. We're running around like that there. So he's went and spoke to Walter. So I'm lying in the bed and the doctors are out there. Devastated. Walter's came in. At this stage, he's probably, the doctor's probably told Walter, or the, he's like, this, he, he's, he's, he's not playing tonight. Walter's came in and I've looked up at him in the bed and he's went and walked straight out. <laughs> Didn't say anything. <laughs> so I'm like, what have I done? So I ended up, I knocked my knuckle off, knocked the top of my knuckle off, spun round to where my finger was meant to go in, it was facing towards the arm. So I had this have an operation, two two pins and everything fixed. And I spent spent eight weeks with a, with a stress balls trying to squeeze it like that there. Honestly. Eight weeks with the physio. And like that. what have I done? That's worse when he doesn't even say it and he just oh. shakes his head. No, I thought he was because Walter would he'd have when he speaks he'd have a wee bit of like a giggle and when he when he's when he talks serious like he, when he talks you you take note because he's he's Walter Smith but sometimes he'd have a wee like bit about him um he's came in and I thought I'm thinking he's he's obviously gonna make a joke about this I'm like ah shock his head and walk straight out I'm like ah See, early on at Rangers when you first went in, were you nervous going into training? Played myself. Uh, I I think I turned up with uh, umbros. Nearly sure, these big white umbros, I think it was. And Chris Boyd is playing, is training. And I'm like, already scoring 20, 25 goals a game or a season. I need to do something training. And I, I absolutely, I, I must have done about 12k in training, just running around, trying to score, running around, shooting from anywhere. And it was, it, I just, I was like a young boy amongst men, so it was the first training session. I was just like a deer in headlights, or rather than was the standard? Was the standard much better than what, what it was at Burnley? I, like, I think I, I grew into training at Burnley. I think it was obviously... You kind of go on the things, don't you? And I think it was like training for Burnley. Um, like, that'd be a piece of piss. And then going to Rangers, training for Rangers, where I'm going to be training against players that I've supported, respected, and I love. I'm like, I don't know if I'm, if I'm right to be there at the moment in time, at the moment in time. But were you really thinking that like, you weren't sure if you were, you were good enough to be there? I was so nervous, so, so nervous. And I was like, I'm just just a young guy here and yeah. I'm out of my depth. 
and then obviously I grew into it and I just started getting chirpy and stuff like that there and I was just I was I was fine after that. Talking about chirpy, um, how was Ali McCoist? McCoist he was brilliant, honestly. He's he's just he's just one of the lads. Like we used to play play cards at the back of the bus. So he'd just say driving up to Aberdeen four hours. Halfway through he'd come up, pull out his twenties. Just don't, doesn't even last. Throws in, plays three card brag. He'd win one hand, which might be two or three hundred pounds. He fucks off again. But like Griggs, he would be there. He'd be like, "Can't just leave." He'd be quite at the front of the bus, looking over his shoulder over this couch, like. <laughs> but yeah, Koisty, like he was always. Koisty was good for me as well. He, he'd, he'd always speak to me, and he. Uh, he was brilliant, and um, I spoke to him recently as well. I've seen him at some game, and no, I have a lot of time for, for Ali, and he, he obviously helped me off the pitch as well massively um, at such, such a young age as well, so it was, it was all good. Right, mate. Everyone I speak to need to ask, how intimidating is Barry Ferguson in training, man? Yeah, I think what, what we've just spoke about, I think being there and Obviously, Fergie, he's, for me, he was obviously, growing up, he was Mr. Rangers. He was like, he stuck up for, for his teammates in games and he, you just, you could just tell how much he hated Celtic. And I was like, I love this. Guy. How could you tell that when he said? Not just in games, like, like people say it to me, like when, when I was at Hearts and the Rangers, you could just tell how much you love playing against Celtic. If you win, then... It, it just means everything to you. But Fergie was just with that, that as well. Like, tackles. Someone, someone else gets smashed. Fergie's the first one there looking to, like, back you up. And he was just, it was just brilliant. And obviously, I didn't, I didn't really get to see a lot of Fergie because he was, he was coming to the end of, obviously, he was coming to the end of his time at Rangers. And I think I might have been there for six months, maybe. Um, but the time... I spent with him. He, he was brilliant, and I used to, when I when I was younger. Like I've got a massive sweet tooth. Before games, I used to eat junk, and going going to Rangers, I was like, I can't do this because obviously every game you must win, so I have to look after myself. So day before a game, we're in the hotel, and I think I'm trying to think why we're in in one room together. He pulls out a bag full of um, cream eggs. No joke. 20 cream eggs. Who Barry Ferguson does? Hi, Fergie. And I'm like, what's going on here? He's like, it's not Easter. So he's like, sat there with a bag. He's like, do, do you want one? I'm like, I thought it was a test. Eating crap before a game. I'm like, I'll keep it for, for after the game. He's like, nah, nah, I eat it now. Sugar. Those you go, mate, you'll be buzzing around. Fergie's sitting tanning cream eggs. Oh my god. So, you know, see if I ever want this, like a snack before a game, I'd be in the shop. I'd have, every time I see a cream egg, I'm like, oh, cream egg sugar. I'm eating cream eggs, man. Honestly, and I say, well, uh, you said that I'll keep it till after the game the next day. Mate, it was like, 
Barry Ferguson's giving you a cream egg. Is this a test for a young lad? Is this a test to see if I've, my head's in the right place? Like, oh, I'll be the next day. After the game. After the game. Did he ever slaughter you in training? Mate, I, I used to think Fergie hated me. <laughs> Always on to me. If it's... If he passed me the ball, if I got the ball, I ought first see if I was one on one and some I could have passed squared it to someone. I think I would have turned and passed to the Fergie twenty meters behind me instead because I knew it wouldn't have got a, it wouldn't have got a shot of that. But I got like I used to always think, oh, this guy hates me," and I, I ended up like just passing the ball all the time, um, and even in the square in a circle, if. Uh, if, he, if I gave him a bad ball or he gave me a bad ball and it, I was meant to go in, I was like, I'll go in, I'll go in. It's my fault, my fault. So I'm like putting the bib on well and putting the hole in it. It's like, but, and then it was recently, probably last couple of years, he'd done an interview and then he's like, obviously I, he knew when I first came in that I had talent on this. I'm like, fucking hell. Maybe him giving me the cream egg was like being generous. But no, he, he was like, very, <laughs> Did you ever get to a stage where you could say something back to him or would you never answer him back? Never. I, I, like, I've always grew up like always respect. Like I, I'd always give Bando back to the players and if uh, sometimes if I lost my head I'd, I'd, get, I'd fucking tell him they off and stuff to get there but I've never done it to Fergie. Um, but I've always I've always still to the day like even at Hearts, when me and Easy, me and Easy fought all the time, like in the, in games, like mm-hmm. we could we could probably rip our head, heads off each other. But I'm going. I'm like, sorry, mate. I'm just so fucking. It wasn't going well for me. Always respect. I've always respected the players, the senior players, even if they're two days older. I've always respected them because I think that's the the way it, it should be. Um, you always. <clears throat> like listen to your senior players and do what do what they say, but um, yeah, I've never never once said anything to the Fergie, even if he. Sorry, mate. And you would say? Even if even if I was in the wrong, I was like it's my fault, Fergie. Or even if he was in the wrong, it's my fault. Sorry. <laughs> Everyone I spoke to says like winding people up. And that would you could you wind Fergie up, or was that again a no go? Try me. They didn't even try. I was probably too afraid to, honestly. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? Like, everyone that comes on says the exact same thing, mate. Like, even big players that they were a wee bit scared of. I think, I think he just, he, he was just, he'd done so well for Rangers and he, like, he's, like people called him Mr. Rangers and he was just Rangers. Everything. He, back then, Rangers, it was Barry Ferguson. And it was, he just had, he probably had the same respect as, as Walter Smith. On, on, like he, he was just, he, he was incredible and he's, he's one of the greatest midfielders to play for Rangers, obviously. <clears throat> but he was just, he, he was a great guy as well. Like he, he, I think that's, he was a great captain. He was always there to back, back his teammates and back his players up. He, he, he had that like, 
he, he like he felt that he had to do that, and it, it was brilliant. Right, mate, you got off to a great start, scoring on your Ibrox debut against Hearts. How, how good was that scoring at Ibrox in your debut? It was amazing, mate. I think we actually played the first game was against Falkirk in my, my, my debut and um, Velichka I think scored but I've, I'm not one on one but I should have scored but I fluffed it and I went across the goal and Velichka tapped it in so obviously my assist I'm on the way to celebrate like I scored but then obviously as you say I, I at Ibrox, first first proper game. You know, I'm going to be playing, and the, the score. I think you could probably see my my face when I scored and ran my knees, and it was greatest thing of of for club football that I've ever I've probably done. The, the, the great. That, the, that's the best feeling you've had in club football, huh? Scoring your probably uh, yeah. First game. Yeah. I grew up. I wore the shirt since I was three years of age. To pull it on in front of Maybrox, the fans, it's probably probably the greatest feeling. Uh, see, see when you're saying about the nerves, how, how long did that? How long did they take to go away, or did you still have them every day? I mean, I think it was just that feeling. I'm I'm probably speaking for most Celtic fans, Celtic players as well. When if you support the team, you're not feeling every single day. You just put on that, sh- that shirt, that training kit. You just—it was just something that, like you've, I've lived to do, and I've, I've done it hundreds of thousands, like thousands of times, and it was just, just an incredible feeling. Like <clears throat> I don't think I would have got the same feeling pulling on the Man U jersey or the Real Madrid, the Barcelona jersey. I don't. I, there wouldn't have been the same feeling. Uh, I need to ask you, mate. Who was the sniper in the stand when Charlie McGrew put his head? To, what was it? Was it Charlie's breath in October? His nose is crooked still. <laughs> I'm about to get fixed, mate. Nah, it was, you know what? One of them, one of them times that one of them mistakes that I made that you learn and you're you well, you're meant to learn and move on. What, <laughs> what did Wallace say to you when he seen it back? You know what? It was right before the game, two hours before the game, maybe two and a half. We're in in the hotel, meetings boards came up. Charlie's been pulled out. He's the main threat. Set plays, everything. He's the main threat. So deal with him. We're going to have an enjoyable day. So Charlie sent off. Oh my, brilliant. <laughs> so there, like, there was nothing like, I didn't even think about it for the rest of the game so I've come in after the game and I can't remember who was the people that was in the stands that day in their, in their suit they were sitting watching the TV in the dressing room and they're like do you hear what they're saying I'm like what like, you're being keen I went what so I went getting, getting my off. I went nah man nothing so we went out, cooled down, came back in, still talking about it. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And uh, obviously, Walter pulled me in the Monday and he's, he spoke to me and 
he's like, obviously, this is not the way Rangers players obviously behaves and all this. I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm still buzzing. We won the game. We got Charlie sent off. I'm like, I, I know. I, I let myself down and all this. Let the club down. I'm like thinking to myself, if it happens next week and we win the league, I'm doing it. But it was just a weird feeling. And then, obviously going, that was the second last game, then obviously going to Dundee United. And getting booed. And I got, what the hell have I done here? Who was booing you, Dundee United fans? fans. Warming up, everything. I think it was Steve Davis pulled me. And he's like, listen mate, just let it, just forget about the fans. Just Obviously, you've got your Rangers fans here who's going to be cheering you. Just try and block out the brewing. I'm like, block out the brewing? The whole place is brewing. I'm like, ah. But it was, it was one of them things that you, that you learned from. Oh, so that, so that was the last game of the season? It was the second last game, and then we went to, we went to Dundee United. Because you were seven points behind at one stage, and how did you manage to call that back? I don't know, it was just, we just know that we, we, we obviously the, the last five games you obviously playing against the top top teams in the, in the, in the league, top six, but we, we just played a football and I don't know what got over me, but the last five games, the last, the last six, seven games, I just, everything I touched went in. And for the three seasons I, like we won the league, I just went on a goal-scoring goal spree that obviously helped us win games. That it, was, it was mental, but everything that we done, we just, just won games. The players though, were, were, were frightening me. Like, how good were guys like Pedro Mendes, Steve Davis? Davos, like Pedro's played in the Premier League, known worldwide. He's, he was amazing. And I remember watching him one game. He's got the ball in the middle of the box, or in the middle of the, the, the pitch. And you know, you, when you're warming up, you're messing around with your mates, you ping up, you kick the ball into the ground and it pops up. Yeah. He's, he's done that in the middle of the pitch over someone's head. And I've, I'm on the next one. I think it was, I don't know who it was beside me. And I'm like, did he mean that? He's went, ah, I'm like, hell. But honestly, Pedro's amazing. But for me, Devo. I've been lucky to play for to play with some amazing players, but Dave was up there. Dave was the best player I've ever played with. Just he's he never no matter who he plays against, he's always controlling the games and just just being himself. Nothing like distracts him or anything. Um but I like Dave that's why he's the the captain of his country and he's the highest outfield player number of caps and stuff like that there he's he's, he's definitely the best player I've, I've played with Anyone else that was good? Anyone else that stood out to you in that Rangers team? I'm trying to think oh, Boydie obviously Boydie for his goals like he's How many team eggs did Boydie have when Fergie was getting them out? I think Boydie had a bag of 20 himself <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm sure he had a he had, he had a few to be fair. Body had been him, but um, was he fighting finishing wise and turning the head? Yeah, fruit right, fruit. Unbelievable. But it was 
it wasn't like I, I was always brought up being told you don't have to try and take a leather off the ball. But but Birdie's like getting ready and he's t- he's telling the lads top left and he's like rifling it. Like and it's going top in. And oh. the hell. But I, he's probably the best finisher I've I've played with. But him between him and David Healy's obviously probably top two. But would David McCoy still joining? I Koisty would play Koisty would be like Owen Coyle. He'd he'd just organise five a side on Friday to join in. Before, I think a few people tried to leave it in Koisty because Koisty was a wee bit mouthier. Like he'd give a wee bit more more a bit more about him. He'd uh, if he'd if he'd uh, if he'd score, especially against Griggs, he'd be like stand up top and like the game. What would McGregor say? What would McGregor say? There wasn't like a love hate relationship because obviously the, both of them loved each other. They were the brilliant, brilliant pals. But on the pitch, they're nibbling away at each other. And it's just even in shooting, Koisty would join in the shooting, like ping out to 18. You have two touches, the first one has to stay in the D and you finish. But Koisty would always have the upper hand in Griggsy. And obviously, it was, it was, it was obviously amazing to watch. But, um, yeah, it was it was good. Koisty was Koisty was he, he was he was an amazing finisher um, when he still had it. See, uh, see, on McGregor, like watching him for, for the outside, and he looks like a total screwball man. Like, what type of character is he? Andy Halliday was on saying he's the funniest guy ever. Yeah, he's he's so normal in like off the pitch. He's like. I've I've probably seen the two two different sides of Griggsy. Like when my first time at Rangers, it was like on the pitch he was crazy, crazy, and even off it he was just like mental as well. And even the last one in, first one to leave, my first time at Rangers. I've came back. I came back the second time. He's in the gym doing his bands and stuff like that. I'm like, who's that? He's <laughs> it, just, just he's just like so, so different. Still mental, on and off the pitch, and he is he's, he's up there with the funniest guy. It's just some of his shouts. Is, is, you're like, the hell. But it, I mean, I'm, I'm watching. I'm thinking, this, there's there's something not right with this guy. He, he should go and get help. Like, he'd just be like joking out over nothing. I'm like, are you all right? Aye, aye, aye. And he just flip out again. Like what? Last two was it two seasons? Uh, two seasons ago against Hibs, he's, he's kicked the ball out of his hands and he's kung fu kicking. Oh my god, crazy! But crazy like I've done nothing wrong, <laughs> mate. You've kicked the ball, hobbled ten meters to try and kick someone in the back. He's like, he shouldn't should have been there. Uh, it was, it was Amazing. Uh, as I said about your wind-ups, like, what would, would you like cut people's gear up in that, or was it no that sort of stuff? Yeah. To be honest, I'm like, I was extreme. <clears throat> I was like, I do things like I do. I'd probably do gross things. Like, someone would be, someone would go into the locker, and there might be a 
something in it. <laughs> like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. I took it too far sometimes. Like, cut. I remember uh, Badoya. He's uh, me and him's having a bit of banter with Moa do, and he uh, he's came in with proper decent gear like chinos and stuff like that. And uh, I'm like, I've had enough. I've had enough of this prick. So I've chopped, chopped one leg off, and he's came in, got showered, went to put on, and he's flipped out. He's like, I'm picking my family up from the airport. How am I meant to go? Yes, I don't have time. Like, I've rushed off the pitch, got a shower, and look, I, I'm going to have to go home and change. I say, I've paid 150 quid for them trousers as well. They better be in my locker when I, when I come, come back the next day. <laughs> I felt bad. I was like, oh, yeah, well, well, I'll, I'll give you it. I'll, no, no problem. But uh, stuff like that there, like cutting stuff up and <laughs> probably the one, one that stands out. Was, it was on me, but it was the funniest. So brothers, he's in the, he's in the middle, he's in the medical room. Who's this kind of Sorry. He's leg up and he's got the, you know, the compacts. Yeah. That on his hamstrings. So me and Mo, me and Mo and brothers has always been like, we're always like Banto, it was always there. So me and Mo's in the medical room and I, uh, I turned the, the nozzle up and brothers, <laughs> legs went up. Like I nearly pulled his bloody hamstring off his, off the bone. <clears throat> and he's, he couldn't move because he's still in the machine. Me, me, and, me and Mo's like, High five each other, and brother, brothers are obviously screwed us as well. He's like, I'm gonna use honestly. So we went back in. Ten minutes went by, and we're all laughing and joking about it. So brothers takes the things off, finished. And he's like laughing away. Me comes over and grabs me in a headlock. Headlock. And brothers are solid. I have heard he, I've heard he's a strong boy. Mate, animal. He's got me in a headlock. So he goes for me. Obviously, Mo's been involved as well. So he goes for me. And Mo's like laughing and joking. He's like, are you sorry, my friend? Nah, I'll do it again. He's like, are, are you sorry? Mate, I'm like, ah. Out for the count. Huge. <laughs> Out for the count. Mo, last thing I remember was Mo going, brothers, brothers, he's out. Out. For about 15 seconds, I woke up and I thought, what the hell have you done? <laughs> Didn't even apologise. Amazing. He's like, brother's solid man, he's absolute animal. But I, it, it was, yeah, obviously it was on me and it was, it was probably up there the funniest. It was just how it happened. He, I think he could have, he probably would have killed me. Only for more. We've had people on that have said like you were rubbing your ass up and doing the windy and Walter Smith caught you. Was it ever a time like you came to you and went, Listen, you're fucking too much? I think it was in the back of back of a bus, I think it was. <laughs> we 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 get like some of the lads we get like the physio or the masseuse drive the car to the game and then they kick like head on after the game home. So I don't know who it was, but I've obviously got my my pants down and Back window, and then, but Walter was two cars behind. 
I think it was I think uh, Poirier because we're all we would have been down playing charge at the back of the bus, but Poirier's went, nah, there's there's a gaffer. I went, nah, I could one that yeah. Turn around and there's Walter and his range over and I'm like, oh fuck. But I think he he, he spoke to me, he just kinda of wanted me let my football do do the talking rather than just being like this clown. Because yeah. I think back then I was a young lad. I was just like, just loved the banter and yeah. obviously I would have ended the game just normal, just going into the game and if anything happened in the game, I would have been joking about it and stuff like that there. But nah, he spoke to me and just like, just tone it down a wee bit or two. Like I love loved the banter and all that, just tone it down or two. Does he love? Does he love a laugh though? Huh? You can get a laugh on the head. I he's he's funny. That's what he said. Like he's he 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 talked to me and he he'd have a wee bit of like banter about him. And like the last time I spoke to him, he he just the way he talks and the way like the vibe we get from him. I love I like I loved it and I was, it was an amazing guy and he he did enjoy the banter as well. But I think more Koisty because Koisty was just one of the, one of the guys and. Like I respect the Koisty so much for him being one of the guys in like in the around the dressing room, even though he's a coach, but then making that step up to be manager. Yeah, it's, it would have been a hard thing to do because he was so into he was one of the boys to be honest. Then to step up to be a manager, it 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 it's hard. See, just on that team, obviously it sounds like a great team spirit in that, and you've been flying, winning leagues. Would you would you be out quite a lot in Glasgow? Um, ah, we we will have been out a out a bit. Um, what on no mind that now? Nah, not really not. Yeah. When you win a trophy, he's left, right, and centre. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> what a man! Uh, you were the man for the big occasion tour. Mate, three three title winnings. Every every league clinching game, you score. Hibs, Kelly, hat trick, three in a row. What was your favourite? Obviously, I'd say the the Kelly one. Obviously, for for how it happened in seven minutes, basically we we won the league, um, and me going on to score a hat trick. But probably, yeah, probably that one for 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 personal note. Um, and obviously that was that was the last last. Um, Obviously, league the Rangers won um, SPL, but I think it was just that game. But obviously, winning the first the the one at Dundee United was was nice as well. Obviously, everything that I've came off the week before, and um, we had them won the league. I think it was was a three three years prior to it, and yeah, we winning it, and just that feeling. I remember the the bus journey down the road. Um, I've I've never been in a celebration prior to this to win in the league it was like amazing we we stopped off at the hotel all all aboard chairman everyone is in the hotel we're having beers Marcus the Marcus Beasley comes on the bus with three crates of Red Bull and five bottles of vodka like ah fucking I guess I mightn't see <laughs> so <clears throat> pull up the Ibrox <clears throat> place thousands and thousands of fans my mum look out the window like looking 
And all I remember to that day is there's this guy, looks like bloody, what do you call a guy with the, the nuts on his neck? Oh, uh, Frankenstein. I mean, looking at Frankenstein, but there's no, like, no motion from his face. He's just like a boom, banging the side of the bus, off his head. I'm like, yes, lads, look at this. And we're all in fits laughing. It's just banging the bus. And um, the celebration was amazing. And we, we went out that night and we, we thought we owned Glasgow to be fair. We, every song we sang, it was like the songs weren't like no loyalist songs or anything. It was just like about players, player songs that the fans came up with. And I remember being in October. Is it October? In yeah, October. What a boozer. Hi. I remember just sitting out in the wee balcony, the whole, just the whole Rangers players just singing, singing, picking players and just singing their song and just getting, getting pissed to be honest. And I was like, this is, this is amazing. And I was only 20. You were a dream young man, weren't you? I mean, it was amazing. Uh, see the killing game? Yeah. The league was so tight that year, like, can you even enjoy playing? See when the league's that tight, can you even enjoy games or does it just need to get this one? Um, I think after 45 seconds, we enjoyed it a lot more. Nah, I, 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 that was, I was so nervous that game. Um, obviously, we, need a, we, win, we win the league. It was, it was just, just one of them things. And it was a weird day. Um, and I was, I was like, I remember I was nervous. And I remember the, the first touch I had, it, it, I flicked it on and I went past... Um, Jelovic and I go oh, come on man I need to do better with that and just just things like that it was I was picking up on it and then obviously I got the goal and Nisi got his and then I got my second it was just made it even more more relaxing and then you can like I remember when we went 3-0 up I was like they can't score four goals they can't even score three honestly they can't we can't let it and I was just keep on thinking they won't they won't but you're still thinking that if you know that uh-huh. Wow. I was just like we've won it but what's the chance of them scoring four goals or three goals I was just thinking it I was like then obviously the later of the game even when they scored I was like oh no checking to see how long we had left and I was like mm. they can't they can't score another four I need to ask you mate you played with Duke that season uh, how did you go on him yeah he's he's funny like, I remember He's just, he was just like, he's just crazy. Like, he always wore sunglasses. I remember walking in the carbon, walking with some, some, of, some of the other lads and the bouncers, I knew the bouncer and he's like, oh, big Jufy's out the back. I thought, oh, okay, don't take me to him. So we went in and Jufy sat there in the corner, shades on like that. <laughs> Champion. Birds. Oh my god. Oh, give me a pair of shades. Don't care what colour they are. But um, <laughs> I, I, I used to see myself sitting in the house with shades on like that. Does this look cool or not? But like <laughs> two hours before I would have seen someone in the shop and send those shades on like little oh, wine girl with sunglasses on. Oh yeah. He was just he was Mr. Cool. Now I remember we're in the on the bus to a away game, and uh, 
we were talking and I, I, I love my music and I had the icon on. And he goes, my bro. What? He went, it's my bro. He had icon on the phone. <laughs> no way. The, the best of pals. He had icon on the phone. And my guy agreed, well, that's one of your pals. Back home. <laughs> and mate, I was like, this guy's just living another life. That's but, amazing, man. I was like, wow. Because I, I, I grew up and Akon was probably one of my favourite like, artists. Did you, speak, did you speak to Akon? No chance. But he was just, it could have been his, could have been his brother on the phone, but he, all, he made everyone in the boss believe it was Akon. But then he was, he, they were their best pals, like, so they are, um, so. Would you, uh, would you ever kick off in training, Duke? Like, then would ever have a, no, he was, pretty, he was pretty quiet, so he was. Pretty right. I was, I was told one story um, he didn't kick off nothing but he uh, he obviously won won the league <clears throat> and he um, well, he won the cup or something like that and obviously Blackburn's in in the relegation here at the time I think it was the Premier League he comes into the training ground with his medal on in the training ground so whoever the manager was at the time I don't think they got on well, and he's came in with a fucking medal on, showing the through, like screaming and shouting, like being goofy. And the manager told him to go home because obviously they were getting relegated that year, and he's showing through with his fucking SPL medal. Well, oh, not giving a fuck, bro. Uh, right, and you asked you about the Celtic games, mate. Uh, did you all play in them? Loved it, man. Absolutely loved it. It was just. The biggest, it's the biggest derby in the world. <clears throat> I don't care what anyone says. Like I've, I've played, I've played in many of derbies, and I've played in Norwich, Ipswich, and I was pulled. I was like, this is, this is hectic. This one, so just calm down. I know, like, you, you can, get, you can get wound up with the fans, but just you stay calm. That was out of the afternoon teammate. And I was like, oh, come on here. I was like, oh. I was like, quiet. And I was like, nah. I actually took the piss out after the game. I was like, how can you pull me to say this is hectic? It's absolutely It's like a Sunday league game. But um, it was. So, your first one, though, so, your first Celtic Rangers, how, um, how can, can you enjoy the game at all, or is it just total panic for 90 minutes? I was I was on the bench, and I think we won four two. Pedro Pedro scored the, the the one from the edge of the box, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, I remember just them goals going in. I was down warming up, and on top of on top of them celebrating. And I'm like, oh my god, this is incredible. Um, it was just amazing, and oh, Celtic Park, Celtic Park as well. Just it was just absolutely perfect. Obviously, made it even better coming coming away with the three points but like back then you, you had the eight eight and a half thousand fans as well mm-hmm. and it was like I've always said the Rangers fans are so much better selling a little or a lot 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. At Celtic Park. And the Celtic fans were so much better at Ibrox. That was when you had 8,500. The atmosphere was amazing. Um, I've always said it, like... The way teams fans were always so much better because obviously you're you're in your rivals back backyard, so you obviously want to make as much noise as possible. And like their way fans made so much more noise than the home fans. Have you got a, have you got a favourite one that stands out? Favourite game? Uh, nah, probably. The the one I scored won the kneecap and it took six deflections off the players and it <laughs> 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 nah, like, that was that, that was probably the one right we went on to win the game then and I played a part obviously it was I needed and it went took six deflections went in and I've run off like I've won the World Cup to be honest but I was just running across running along the touchline and giving the Celtic fans the, the ear and all that. And it was just, just one of them things, like, I grew up doing, like, all I wanted to do, like, the rivalry. Everyone knows what the rivalry was like, and you just just wanted to wind up the, like, the Celtic fans. So, Was there a player that you used to enjoy winding up on Celtic's team? I mean, everyone's probably going to think I'm going to say Scott Brown, right? But it's always, I don't know what... Why it was always like me and Scott Brown. It was always like having wee niggles and like nibbles with each other and like fights. But like 
Scott's probably one of the nicest guys off the pitch. He's just so in the winning. Mm. He does, that, does anything for his team. And he's, he's a born winner. That's why he's one of the greatest Celtic players and captains. But it, was always, it always ended up me and him. <laughs> Would you speak to each other? Would you give each other a bit verbally? Like, no, not really, no. Nah. Um, it was always just, it was always just like a tackle and we'd have a scuff. And then mm. I got him sent off like once or twice and it was just like, it was always me and him that was always like getting involved with each other. Yeah. Um, like it was nothing personal towards him, it was just one of them things. But like, I, like I was totally, I've, I've spoke to him a few times off the pitch, like um, when Northern Ireland played Rangers and he, like we spoke before the game, or when Northern Ireland played Scotland at Hamden, we spoke before the game and stuff like that there. And he was just, he's just a, he's just a born winner and done anything to win the games. And I was just, back then I was just a daft lad that wanted to win as well, wanted to like show how much playing against Celtic and beating Celtic was meant to me. Uh, so it was just like, I was always involved in the stupid wee things. Right, mate, last wee bit on Walter Smith because he leaves after this. Uh, ask every player who's played under him, what's the maddest you've ever seen him go in addressing them? Um, probably a way that it was like, it didn't really go mental like Walter never really went off his head it was just like if he had any negative words towards anyone or a, towards a team you know that you're you're miles off it because it's Walter Smith and he, he never really slags anyone off or anything but I remember coming off half time um, I think we were 1-0 down against Aberdeen and I'm, I'm thinking I've done alright I've won one headers and all this so he, he says something to me, and then Davy Weir, he, he says something. And I've, I didn't like it, and I went, you win your fucking head out of the back. So Davy, Davy stood up, and he's like, what? I went, win your head out. So he, but he's obviously went saying the same to me. He's like, fucking win your head out. I'm thinking, I've done all right here. Mm-hmm. So things calmed down. And Walters went, laugh, you can take your boots off. What? No way. So I was like, fucking hell. So, like, I'm raging. Took my boots off, flung them down. Um, but that, that night, we were flying to Manchester for a Christmas party. Manchester, Liverpool for a Christmas party. So we're obviously flying, so I'm in the worst mood ever. One, I've spoke back to Davy Weir. Something I, I'd, I'd never, I'd never do. So I've, and then obviously taken off at half time. So obviously I've pulled Davy at the airport and I apologise. I was like, listen, I'm, you know, I respect you so much. And what, what I said was, was out of order. It's like, listen, forget about it. So we went on and had a great night. But that was probably the only thing Walter ever, ever done. Didn't shout. He was just obviously... Thank you took me off because your performance or because you answered Davey Beer back. Answer Davey. 
Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I thought I'd done all right. I thought I was, I came off the pitch, obviously, losing one nil. I think, obviously, got it, but I thought I've, I'm not right here. Like, I'll, if I continue the second half, we'll get a chance and to like scoring. But I thought, yeah, I'm sure it was because I spoke back to Davy. Well, obviously, Davy's obviously fucking Davy Weir as well. And just speaking back to, to to a senior player like that, the way I did, I think it was it was that. And obviously, I was I was gutted as well for the way I spoke. Not gutted, I was took off, but gutted the way I, I spoke to Davy as well because yeah. he was he was a great guy as well. And then Motors, but you got a bit more left. Ali takes over. Did you did you think Ali was capable of going and being the manager? You said obviously like to crack in that, but did you think he was capable of stopping that and being a different guy? Yeah, well, Koisty would take the the league cup, cup game. Yeah. He obviously, he obviously got used to it and he, he was getting experience there and like, he he done well. Like um, obviously everything that happened to the club, he was he probably took over the worst time. For, for a young manager, um, but he done he done well. He, he the training was good. He he spoke to the players and he still tried to. He didn't like distance himself completely away from the team. He still had his wee moments among the among the lads, and it, it made everyone more more relaxed. That you could obviously still have that banter and stuff like that there. So it, it was good. But yeah, Christy. I think he'd done well. He, it's just a bit harsh, the timing and everything that came with the job at the time. How, how horrible was that atmosphere when it was like the financial meltdown? Was it a hard place to be? Yeah, it was, it was difficult. I mean, we were... We beat 12 or 14 points clear at the time. And then... Celtic. They won the league maybe by 10. It's like that, that turnover, it was like... We always thought, we always said as a player, like we'll not, we'll not let everything that's happened off the pitch affect the performances on the pitch. When we, everything went against us. Mm. Like we still had the fans, we still had the same players and everything like that, but we just couldn't win a game, just couldn't do anything right. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a terrible time to be part of the club, and it was just. Everyone, everyone didn't know. Like we didn't know what was happening. We were being told lie after lie from the administrators and stuff like that. There, like we all took a pay cut, which lined their pockets. Didn't help the club at all. So it was just a difficult time. That it was, it was, it was a sad time. And obviously, the way the way I left the club, it was a sad time. And I wish I had better people looking after me. And well, as in, as in what agent wise? Agent wise, like he he just wanted me out of there straight away, and like I remember, we went to the administration, and the first game after, first game after, obviously we've went in the same season. I'm driving down the road, came down the Clyde Tunnel, it turned left around about seeing fans, and then when when I'm coming up closer to the stadium, the fans, like the fans, turn out in numbers the next game to support the club I mean, I'm in tears I'm driving down the road in tears because I'm like this is my club and like everything has happened to it we don't know what's going to happen to the club we don't know what's happened to the players or what happened but I was like fucking I'm driving down the road in tears and I sat in the car to sort myself out in the car park um, we parked across in the school behind gates 
I sat in the car trying to like sort myself out so no one knew I was crying. Driving down that road, I was like just absolutely devastated. Well, just because you knew what you could see what was going to happen to the club. I was just just that feeling, like it was just that feeling of the club going in the administration, mm. reading things in the press, in the paper, and stuff like that. There, it was just like ah, I can't believe this is this is happening. And mm-hmm. wow. Did you did you ever have any dealings with Craig White? Um, nah. Well, I, I spoke to him. Like, didn't really speak, spoke to him. Like, Craig Rice came in. He's, everyone thought he's came in to help the club. So I've I've seen him in the tunnel after warming warming down, cooling down, I'd shake his hand and stuff like that there. But obviously, everyone thought he came in to help the club out. But I mean, he's just he's just came in like every other person came in after that to to make a bob or two, and he didn't didn't respect the. The club, the name, or the fans. So it was just one of them things that yeah, I, have no, I have no time time for. See, for the first, like your first three great years, like how how sad was it to end your your Rangers career like that? It was terrible. Like it, just the way I left. Like for years after, like it was. Was it 2013? Was it 2012? I left, and every single day I thought. Why have I done it? I could definitely have stayed. Played on. Still well, probably, as it, what you wish you'd have stayed in? I, I wish I had a, a stayed. I, I, I wish I had a stayed. I, 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 wish I, I wish I never played for another team other than Rangers. I was and just, why, James? And was, it, was that all down to your agent? Yeah, he, he's obviously came in and he's... He had bigger, better things for me. I earned more money and stuff like that there. And I was just like, he was, he got in my head, but deep down, I didn't, I didn't want to leave. I was happy to stay, stay in the, the lower leagues, work my way up. And like Lee Wallace done it. And mm. he, he sacrificed his international career to play for Rangers. And I, I look at Lee and I'm thinking, he's just, for the way he was treated within the club, obviously, the way he left, it's just like the way this guy deserves so much better. Yeah. Even when I went back, he was just like, this guy's spent the toughest years of Rangers in, in a Rangers shirt. He didn't worry about earning another pound or two. He stuck it out. He became a Rangers uh, captain, a Rangers great. And he's, I wish I was one of them. Like, I wish I had a, like, stayed. I was a young lad. I, I should have stayed and I regret it to the day. Well, uh, right. You went abroad a few places. Sion, Palermo, uh, Rissaspor. I want to ask you about uh, Gattuso. Uh, Sion, how, how was it? You've got a story in it. Yeah, Gattuso's brilliant. He, he, he's up there. He's, he's like Fergie. He's, he's a player's captain. Anything's wrong, he's straight to the man, straight to the the board, straight to the manager to sort things out for the players. Like at Christmas, maybe a month, two months before Christmas, he got got the one of the younger lads go around taking everyone's sizes. What's this for? So leading up to Christmas, he's uh, he's got all the players. Trainers, Italian-made trainers with 
your squad number and the Sion badge on it. And a bathrobe for the showers and flip-flops. And like, the company that made them, they, they made uh, shin pads and all that. So it, it, it cost, cost, a, like, cost a bit, but it was just little things like that he, he'd go out and do and he'd always look after the players. and He was brilliant, but a uh, story. So obviously warming up, doing the ladders. And I'm, I'm at the back. Gattuso's at the front. We're in the same line. There's two lines. I'm in the, I'm in the same line as Gattuso. And he's, I'm talking to the people behind. And he's like, Kylie! Oh, come on. I'm like, aye, 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 aye. So, doing the ladders. Still talking. Like, oh, you! Come on! Fuck's sake. I'm like, aye, I'm, I'm fucking doing them. So, he's coming up. And I'm going through the ladders. And he's smacking me in the chest. He's like, oh! Finishes here. I'm like, aye, aye, Jesus, fucking hell. Relax, man, I'm fucking only warming up. So, um, two or three days later, I've had to go see the doctor. I'm like, yes. Doc, I, I can barely breathe, man. He's like, so the doctor, he, he can speak a wee bit of English. He's like, you okay? I'm like, I don't know, I'm, my chest, I'm, I can barely breathe on and any any breath I take I'm, I'm in agony. So he's like, okay, we'll go you, you don't train today, we'll we'll go to the, the hospital. Mate, I fractured my fucking chest bone. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking but the doctor did he take a hit? I'm thinking back to the game. I'm thinking, nah, what the game man I'm sure he would have felt like a thump on my chest. I was like, nah. And boom, I went, Doc, the other day in training, Gattuso's hit me like a slap in my chest. But, like, it kind of like winded me, but it was fine. He's like, ah. Gattuso. Well, he's fucking fractured with my chest, bro. Well, slap. And he's like, aye. I went, I'm going to go, I'm going to go and tell him. Because me, like, me, me and Reno had a great relationship. He's tried to sign me for four, four of the teams, three of the teams he's played for, Pisa and teams like that. He's tried to sign. And I, to be fair, when, he's, when he got the AC Milan job, he, he did get a text. <laughs> <laughs> what was the response? What was the response to the text? He just laughed. Nah, <laughs> that's when I thought, nah, fuck you then. But nah, but we, we, me and Reno had a great relationship. Um, obviously, his wife's from Glasgow and that Rangers link as well. Um, so he, I was like, oh, I'm going to go and t- tell him. Doctor, no, 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 don't tell him. Because if you show any pain, mate, he'd, he'd keep on hitting you. <laughs> Honestly, he'd keep on doing it because you, you've missed training because of a refracture. I can barely breathe. But he's, he's, he's became manager of Sion. So I'm like, this is me before a game. In a hotel, eating sweets. No, sorry, it was pre-season. Actually, we're in Austria. It was um like pre-season. There's no junk at all. No, no junk crisp or anything. And they hate it, don't they? The Italians hate it, man. Aye, but but you mean you're allowed a glass of red wine? You drink a bottle of red wine for a game, but you're not allowed to buy chocolate. <laughs> That's mad, isn't it? So, there's a wee shop, maybe by five kilometers down the road. So. 
me and my roommate went, listen, let's go down to the shop. We say we'll, we'll take the bikes and we'll let on we run for a cycle. And we'll tuck the crisp and chocolate around our waistband. So I felt myself with milk and chocolate. So I, uh, I've stuck it down the side of my bed. So I'm out. I'm out with some of the other lads. And Katushos came into my room looking for me. I don't know what for. To this day, I still don't know. But he's in speaking to the guy and he's, he must have walked around the side of my bed and he's found this a sweet shop down the side. But he, did, he, he, he didn't take it all. He only left half of it. So I've come back to my room. My roommate didn't, didn't say nothing. Now I've got a text, text message. Lafferty, come down to the dinner room, down to dinner, the dining area. I'm like, ah, okay. So I've strolled down. And we've always had like, there was never probably a serious conversation with me and Mino. It was always banter. I'd always have a wee bit of banter with him. So I've came strolling down. I'm like, what's happening, guys? Enjoying the paint? Yeah, the cloth comes across my sweets. Okay. What the fuck is this? I don't know. Is that for me? You treating me? No, no, no. This we this we don't joke about. I've never seen them before. <laughs> so the, the the other ten bars of chocolate, they're not yours beside your bed. I went, nah, gaffer, someone stitched me up. <laughs> so he's he almost he's 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 went mad at me. Um, but it was it was funny, just just little things like that. Um, well, he's a top guy, brilliant guy. Um, I. He uh, he's he's obviously went on and he had a tough time in Sion and Palermo and um but he's he's kicked on he's now he's done well at AC and he's he's doing very well at Napoli as well now. He's done that cup, didn't he? Amazing man, that's man. tremendous. Angry wee guy. All uh, right, mate. Just a wee bit about the Euro 2016. Amazing time for Northern Ireland. Uh, what's your best memories of that that tournament? Uh, Bobby, just just honestly, just be in there. We, we were like, got off the plane and we were like, treated like kings. Things like, like, you're driving the, the bus, you're driving down the road and there's, there's three police vans in front and three behind. And like, the roads are being cleared first. Honestly, we were treated like kings. Wow. Just to get from A to B. I remember driving and there was a car stopped at, like, on a roundabout. Broke down on a roundabout. And we've had, we've had to stop so the bus has stopped, doors flung open, the police is out running down past the bus with the guns. And there's a wee woman in the car. Mate, she must have shat herself. <laughs> she broke down the roundabout, sat there, and she's surrounded by 20 police officers with guns. So we've moved on. Even like going to shops, like we, we, hadn't, we hadn't had any like sweets or chocolate for for a few days and I've said to the fitness coach listen the lads deserve a bar of chocolate Christ's sake and like some snacks and he's like okay okay let, let us let us ring ahead so after training we've we've came into the supermarket mate whoever was in the shopping centre was locked in and whoever was out wasn't allowed in and we've been took into the back door done our done our wee rounds of shopping and then back out the whole place was just closed down and obviously that's I was out, obviously away from the football, but 
just it was amazing for for the country of our size to get there and to play against Germany, Poland, and Ukraine, and obviously getting out of that group, it was, it was an achievement that went on further than our expectations. Um, it was it was amazing. How do you keep yourself entertained? Like, because international, it's a lot of time in the hotel. Seeing some of the things you did with the Sky Sports reporter, and that was it. Just constant trying to wind people up at her. Yeah, I mean, it was like just. At, at the Euros, like they had a massive, like we, we, it was like a like a big farmhouse, but it was a hotel. It was all booked out, just us on it, and it was like the whole surroundings area was was all covered by the police. We had a big game room, dartboard, PlayStation, pool table, and it was the whole walls were like pictures of us and like yeah. during games, and then just um, selfies and all. So stuff I got there was amazing and there was like a massive uh, TV with like the fans would hashtag on Twitter and it'd, it'd appear up on the TV and we'd be able to watch them. So that, we'd obviously be in there but leading up to the Euros it was just like pure banter. Like when I'd done uh, one of those with the shoes we'd see about five minutes after that we're walking down the road in uh, in Finland, we're walking down the road, and someone stops us to chat. And obviously, it was a Finnish player or a Finnish person. So we did. We just like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, it was brilliant, yeah, um, thanks. And we're walking down. Five seconds after, police just came out of a junk. Or sorry, like, the police just came out of a junction, but they broke a red light, and a, a car was just coming down the road. Straight back in, straight into the side of this car. Made the car went across the road. See if we didn't speak, to, stop to speak to them. That those uh, Finnish people straight into. And so wow. we were like, they come up the road. Fucking what? What happened? And we, we were seeing Paul Gilmore in the Sky Sports. And we we're like, mate, should have seen that. Like we nearly got wiped out. Only for stopping us speaking to some Finnish people. I tell you, how we would have been killed. Wow. That's a joke. Imagine that being headline breaking news. Six of the Ireland players have been crushed. So we're just having a, like, oh, do you want to do an interview for like, obviously Sky Sports? We're like, aye, aye, aye. And then obviously it's the playing Messi and Ronaldo and all that came about. And, and I was like, what is he wearing? So I've just rolled and done that. But yeah, it was a great group of guys with the Northern Ireland. It's, it's always been like, it's always been a group, uh, amazing group of guys. Even, even for a younger lad coming through, we're always, it, it was probably made easier to come into a team. Um, obviously, I made feel welcome because we're we, yeah, the last sixteen tie against Wales. It was so tight. Like, do you, do you look back and think what if? I mean, it was absolutely awful. Like, Big G had a, an amazing campaign. Scored against Ukraine, <clears throat> and then obviously the own goal, which was absolutely devastating. Obviously, there was someone behind the tap, then anyway. But I felt for him, obviously scoring the own goal to put us out. But it was just one of them. It was just heartbreaking that we absolutely battered them, played them, played them in a friendly before as well, like a couple of months or a year before, and we, we battered them as well. And we just, we just knew that. Like every, leading up to it, we, 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 we knew, I think we could have played France or something. Everyone was like, 
love to play France. And there was only a handful of us like, nah, fucking wheels, mate. We battle wheels. We want to we wanna go like as far as possible. And we, we, we're doing, we're playing so well. And like, I think everyone just had in the back of their heads like, Greece was it two thousand when they they won the Euros? Like, they've came from the underdogs, and everyone was just thinking, this could be us, man. We even get into like the semis or even the final, or it'd be amazing. Obviously, getting getting knocked out by by Wales, a team that we were capable of beating, it was just disappointing. We spoke to Joel Edley, he's been on here, and he said that Wales was basically like their camp was basically like a stag do. Like you could have a pint in that. Were you similar, or was it no drinking? It was. After a game, we could we could have one or two. Well, obviously, after the Wales game, like there was. After the Wales game, it was just like let loose. And uh, there was always like three security guards that always came with us. If two of us wanted to go to the shop, one of them would come with us. It was like, but they'd always carry guns and they're like top guys, like, you don't mess with these guys. So they started drinking as well. They just like, we're flying home two days later, next day or whatever. So like, we, we got friendly with them. And we're always chatting and they're like, ah, wait, give us 10 minutes and we'll come back. So like, what can I do? We're bringing more drink. It's loads here. Mate, they've come back with all their guns. <laughs> night, night vision goggles. Big guns. Everything. Obviously, not loaded. So we're, in, we're in this room. Again, we're like Rambo. Night vision goggles, guns. That's amazing, man. Pissed. Michael Neal sitting there, and I went up to Michael, and I went <laughs> to his head. Do you regret drop dropping me against Ukraine now, you prick? We're thinking back to it. I was like, what? What's going on, man? Like, honestly, <laughs> you were absolutely. It was mental. Oh, it's amazing, man. Must have had about ten guns, and we're all. Absolute steaming, holding these guns, thinking we're bloody. <laughs> oh, it was, it was oh, mate, I love that, man. Love that. Uh, right, and then Hearts. What's your story about Hearts, mate? Because it looked like you were going to go hips at one stage. Yeah. How close was that to happen? Oh, mate, the hips and Hearts thing was, was mental. Like, um, so, obviously, Austin. Austin McPhee. North, yeah. All the Northern Ireland and stuff I got there, I do and he spoke to me, and he said, would you come? I went, to, at, at, at the start, I didn't really, I like, no disrespect to Austin, because me and him get on well, we, we, and he's helped me massively throughout my gambling, helped me, probably one of the main reasons I've been able to stop and stuff. So he's, I'm trying to, I'm probably fobbing him off. So I came, came from like, Norwich Premier League club, shitload of money, to heart, I'm thinking, aye, aye, hit me up whenever, <laughs> after, after the international camp. I hit me up, no problem. <laughs> He's texting me, I, I speak to Major and just fobbing him off to, to Major Martin. And then we met up to the next camp and he's, uh, he's speaking to me. He's like, listen, I think it'll, it'll be amazing for you, man. We'll, I think we can tick a lot of boxes for you. So I went, well, okay. 
I'll, I'll go and I'll, for you, since I respect you, I'll go and speak. Go and speak to the club. From, I was, for me, I was four days at Hearts. From, from 10 o'clock till 5 o'clock, four days. Every single day. Trying to negotiate a contract. Trying to, like, I've, I went in, told them this is what I want. And Bodge, Craig Levine, Sloop, and went. Fucking hard to take my piss. He's off. Wouldn't even get this advantage of Celtic. I went, this, this is what I obviously want. I've came from back in Norwich. I'm not taking a hit this much. So I want this. So I've left, back and forth, trying to get weak clauses in the contract and all this. Left. Not, that's me finished. So obviously, I'm, I'm, I've got Hibs interested as well. So I'm speaking to Hibs as well. Um, spoke to Neil Lennon. I was like, on the phone, he's like, come and speak to me. Don't do anything until you speak to me. I was like, right, okay, I'll give you my word. I won't come. after. So I'm, I'm going to Hearts in the morning again to speak. I'm going to Hearts. If it doesn't work out, I'll come across. He's like, no, 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 you can't come. You can't come tomorrow. I'm flying out to Magaluf or somewhere with, uh, with a gol- like for a golfing trip. I think I'm nearly sure it was Gordon Strachan's birthday. Come right. on, man. I'm, I'm, you want to sign me? I'm telling you, I'm coming across. We, you're like, put me off because you're going to a piss off for a golfing trip. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'll give you my word. Before I say, before I do anything, if, if I agree terms with Hearts, I'll, I'll let you know. So, second day in Hearts, trying to fix things back and forth, not happening. Third, so I've missed one day because I think they were off or something like that. Got a phone call saying, listen, can you come across again? I was like, yeah, hell. I've done, I've done half a pre-season here already. So I've went across. We said, if we don't do it tonight, if we don't, do, if we don't agree something, then that's it. I'm, I'm obviously talking to other people. Left, doors closed. So 11 o'clock at night, so sorry, I've spoke of text of text Neil saying, listen, I I'm, I can come and see you. So at eleven o'clock I get a phone call from the agent. Hearts think they can they've they've sorted something out. They want you in the morning, I went, Oh my dad. Spoke to Lennon and I'm going across to speak to him. He's like, Listen, we can't we can't spend three days in hearts and then obviously patch him. Like, okay, let me let me sort things out. So I've spoke to Neil. So listen, I'm speaking to Hearts in the morning. They seem to think they've managed something, but the way the last three days have went, it's not going to happen. So I've uh, met up with Hearts. I uh, met up with Hearts, speaking, everything. So everything I've asked for, Hearts were like, nah, they, they can't do it. I've got the Hearts that on the fourth day, and they've offered me more. Mate, but I'll, you asked for them. I'll, I'll offer me more. <laughs> Martin, wow. Martin was, double check this, I think there's something wrong. So Martin's went, so you're offering this, this bonus payment, this, this, this is correct. He's like, yeah, 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 everything, this is all correct, but double check. I'm like, this is, what's going on here? 
Wow. I've actually, to get things across the line, I actually had a clause in my contract. It hurts. Oh, I back myself massively. So Hurts would pay me X, Y, and Z. If I didn't, if I didn't get a move the next season, I'd have to pay them a quarter of a million out of my own pocket. No way. I, I, I just had this feeling about Hurts. When I was there, I was like, like uh, Scott Gardner was there. He, he made me, me and my missus, at the t- uh, me and my missus, welcome. I was like, yeah, th- this is this club's amazing. So to get things over the line, I was like, listen, if I don't do well and I'm stuck here next season, I'll have to pay a quarter of a million. That can be from my own pocket or through a transfer fee. So they're like, well, okay. So I've obviously bended over backwards as well. They've paid me what I've wanted. And then if things don't work out, they'll get a percentage of it back. Yeah. So it turned out I went on and had the best season I've had. And then Rangers obviously want to buy me. But at hurts. there was obviously a, a sign of two years, but it was always they'd sell me. But if, if it done shit, and no one wanted me, I'd stay, but I'd be down to the standard contract Hearts would offer players. Right. So, I was like, right, okay. But I was always thinking, if I do shit, someone abroad will, will always do well abroad. Someone will offer 250 grand. Yeah. So I'm fine. Even if it came off my, my salary or something abroad, I'll, 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 do, I'll be fine. So, Got, got to the thing, Hearts wanted to keep me. But then obviously Rangers came in and I'm thinking, nah, there's, I, I wanted to stay at Hearts as well because everything has happened, it, it, it was just amazing. But Rangers came. They, they were the only team I would have left. No, no matter. Did, Lenny, did Lenny say, did you speak to Lenny again after that? So the way it worked out, there's an agent from Northern Ireland that's... Chris, uh, Keith Gillespie and Brian Adairi is. So they've, they've, uh, they spoke to me and like, I'm like, listen, see if you bring something to the table, me and my agent will look at it. And you, you can, like, you can talk, talk to the club. So they flew over that day to be ready to, to get involved with Hibs as well, with, with me and my agent. Because they kind of brought Hibs to the table right at the start. So they're in, they're the Hibs training ground waiting for me. So they're texting, they're texting me agent, what's happening? I'm like, nothing's been agreed yet, but it's close. So I think the paperwork's getting done. I've, uh, Ann Budgers went, listen, will we get the, will we get the press out the way? So it's, so if you sign, everything's all done. While we get the paperwork, you can like sort that out. So I was like, Aye, aye, whatever. So I'm there, hard strip on, Lafferty and I on the back. The stadium in the background's being, the stand in the background's being built. Someone's take, took a picture and put it on Twitter. So this has got to, the Hibs has obviously seen this. So the agent's texting me, texting me agent saying, thanks for the heads up. 
how you've, how you've treated us is bang out of order. I'm replying saying, listen, things haven't, I haven't signed yet, but we're close. So they're like, nah, you're taking a piss. So this, this is when they've took a picture of Lennon, Keith Gillespie and the agent and put it on Twitter saying, where's Lafferty? So this is, this, this, I did not see it. So this, this is Kim Oliver. So they've put it on Twitter, where's Lafferty? So obviously I've signed, told the agents, listen, I'm signing all this. So things didn't go down well with them too. Uh, obviously, I met Lennon in a filling station, uh, Hart Hill. Uh, it was actually we played, we played them, we 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 played Hibs, and then I met Lennon a couple of days after in Hart Hill filling station. I was like, "Oh, are you needed? You okay?" He's like, "I, I'm good." They just beat us in the in the game. Uh, he's like, how, "How are you?" I'm like, "I'm I'm good." Obviously, disappointing after the game. He's like, "I, it's good game, but." So he's paid for his petrol or whatever, and he's he's leaving. He's like, "All the best, big man." Told you you should have signed for me, didn't you? I was like, "Aye." Neil's good. He's a good guy, obviously. He tried to sign me for Bolton as well when he was there, and he's the only the only team he hasn't tried to sign me for is Celtic. So <laughs> I don't think that'll be happening, mate. Just to say no to. But no, I, I need to ask you, mate. Obviously, Catherine was a massive appointment for Hearts as well. How, how did you find him? I, I don't know. <laughs> I think he's he's very clued on with the football, yeah. but he's quiet. He keeps himself to himself. So when I signed, there was this was mental. This is probably the, the worst, the one of the craziest thing I've seen before a game. So we were flying over to Belfast to play Linfield. We were playing, playing down in Dublin first and travelling up to play Linfield. And uh, day bef- the night before the game, I get a phone call. Gaffer wants to see you. Jimmy Walker, Gaffer wants to see you. Big Ismail, you wanna, Gaffer wants to see you. So I've, I've walked in and Austin and Catherine's there. And Catherine goes to, to Austin, he goes, do you find the place? And Austin's went, ah, there's a wee bruiser across the road, but a few people in it. He's like, I'm going to have to make this for a man, Dave. So Catherine goes, what do you want? And I went, nah, I'm fine, I've got water up in the room. This is, this is 8 o'clock at night. We're playing Linfield at 3 o'clock the next day. And Austin's went, whiskey. Fucking whiskey, I've never tasted whiskey in my life before. The only, th- actually did, the only time I had whiskey was you'd put the hot water, the sugar, and the wee cloves of thing. Oh, yeah. Hot potty. I used to have one of them. I bang, nah, me off your head. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. You want something? So Esmail, he's like, Hi, I'll take a whiskey. So me and Jamie, whiskey. So the five of us sitting there with a whiskey. And he, so he's speaking to us. He's like, "Right, see us three. See you three there. You're going to be. You're going to be hard this season. You're going to score 65, 70 goals." So we're like, "Aye, we are, because we actually have done all right in pre-season." So whiskey's came. This meal's fucking 
drinking his arm. Like, oh, fucking raw whiskey, man. Jesus. So he's talking. Turned out we scored about 23 goals and I got 19 of them. <laughs> but me honestly sitting we're sitting down with the manager in Austin whiskey before a game and like I had an absolute shocker I think Jimmy had, you know, I had a shocker and I'm like fuck nah, never never drink a whiskey again was he good coaching wise? he was he like he was he was, he was very tactical like when I was speaking to the horse for the four days oh, sorry the three days every day he'd have the light the laptop He'd hand me a laptop with all my goals I've scored. Wow. He's like, this, this is what I want you to do. This is every single goal you've scored in your career, you're going to replicate it and score for hearts. I was like, I watch these on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> what after I game? like, could you crack in that? Nah, no, I never heard him raise his voice. Oh, really? Jake, that was maybe the problem. <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah, maybe, because he, like, he's, he's a wee guy and he's, he's so polite and, like, I'd never do it, but he, you'd be like one of them, like, if he fucking said something to you, you'd like, sit down, would you? He got there, yeah, it was a weird, weird, like, atmosphere, like, see if he came in and he went, went through players, you'd be like, but he was like, yeah. it was always, if we played shite, it was always, we've done well, it was, it was just, we didn't get the rub of the green. And we're all sitting there thinking, we were shite. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, like, he's, he's in the Premier League now, working under yeah. a guy at and he's, he's well respected there, and he's, he, he was in Portugal before. So I, I think, I think it's, he's more than a manager. I think behind the scenes and it's it's strange because he's he's into everything. He'll know everything about. He's a clever guy. He's a clever guy. In so much detail, which for a manager, I don't know if if he takes too much of his time mm. getting the smallest wee detail rather than concentrating on the bigger picture. Do you remember the game that he got, uh, his last game? Do you remember who beat his young man? Peter Head. Yeah, wasn't it? What, what, what was that in the League Cup, wasn't it? Uh, was it away from home, wasn't it? Or at home? Uh, up at Peter Head, mate, you could, uh, you, I don't think you could believe you were playing there, eh? Wait, did I, I think I cracked my head open. Uh, you did, actually. Aye, I did, I Cracked my head open. Welcome to the Lower League, young man. What, right, mate? Oh, I was... It was mental. That cup's it's the only cup I've ever known that if you draw a game, you go in the panel and get an extra point. <laughs> Brilliant. Right then, Craig Levine comes in, mate. Um, he's had a lot of stick recently. Uh, what's your experience like working under him? He's a hardball. Like, yeah, I've always had banter with all the managers. Like, if I, if I felt comfortable with them, I'm always I'm always bantering them, and like. Craig at the time, he, he was like like the sporting director. Mm. And he, he, he'd come to every training session. And like, I've, I've obviously playing against Craig's team and some of his teams before and being in the office with him for four days, there was obviously spending fucking 
eight hours a day with them. You, you, there was banter in the room, even with Ann Budge. So there was like, so I, I took that on to throughout the, the year. So he, um, he'd come to training and stand there with his umbrella or just his dog and he'd be where he looked like, what do you call him? Steve Irwin, this whole outfit, like skin color outfit, head to toe with, with flip-flops. And I'm like, you're expecting the sun to you off to the beach and all that. I'd be hitting him with all sorts of lines. Well, and would you have a laugh back here? Nothing. He'd used to like, <laughs> no expression at all. It was like, wow, Jesus. Maybe I've took this guy the wrong way. But <laughs> like, even in like training, I'd have a bit of banter and like try and banter him up, but he was just like not taking me on. No. Was it was he like was he the total difference to Cathro in terms of after the game, if you had not had not played well, would you let you know straight away? Aye. They, not so much like went crazy, but he would have like he would've he would have picked a few players out if they weren't performing and stuff get there. Um but like I, I was told that like, he's not as he's not as mental as he was at Hearts when I was there as previous years before. Because I remember reading that someone can see the goal in the head but his bloody teammates or something like that. <laughs> that. This isn't the same guy. So it was just... Okay. Uh, see, I ask this question everyone that plays for them as well. You've, you've mentioned it. Why, why, why are they such a big club? You said, why do you enjoy it so much then? Mate, it was just... Like, Hearts are like... They're like labelled like the Rangers' cousins, the Rangers' brother, like half-brothers and stuff like that. They're like, so the, that, that connection with Rangers is always, it's, it's, it was always there and it's always in the back of my mind. But I went in and I was, I was, me and Vanessa was like welcomed by Scott Gardner who made a massive impression on me. And probably from the first day, I was like, I want to be here because uh, I got on so well with Scott. So it was just, he took me through, throughout the, it took me around the club, seeing the statue of the the, the soldiers, the, the players that went to the war and I think only two or three returned and just seeing that statue and seeing the, 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 the wall, the garden, Memorance garden, the people like fans and past and present players, would have a plaque on the wall and just just something that the, the fans and people that's been at the club is still part of the club. Big wall of metal plaques and it's like wow. And got a big like poppy sign and all and stuff like that there. So I was like, club's actually amazing. So it was just the feeling of the club and the people involved in it. It was just like I was this is this is a good club and that's why I think I probably took the claws out a quarter of a million if I didn't do well because I wanted so I wanted to play for the club so badly yeah. I didn't, didn't want to leave the club it was obviously only Rangers took me away from them I, I was feels unbelievable as well to play. I, I used to hate playing against them I used to like because the fans they're on top of you and they're so they're mental and I remember playing against them for Rangers I was like fuck you know on the Tyne Castle, man, the fans are so bad. They they cane you about everything. And 
being on the flip side of that, the fans were brilliant with me. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and I, obviously been doing so well for the club has obviously played a part as well. And, um, they they have a they hate Celtic. They took to me and made that. Yeah, so it was good. It was good. It was. I'm. I'm talking. You're probably saying, "I'm." He's such a bigot. All I'm talking about is being selfish. <laughs> some boy. Oh, did you ever think that? See, when you were on fire at Hearts, say maybe when you'd scored so many goals, did you think Rangers might come back in for me here? Was that? What you, were you hoping for that? There was. There was. There was whispering in the background, and I, I was going like I was. I was. I think it was a Sunday I got a phone call from my agent but on the Tuesday I was flying to Seoul to to speak to them basically signing FC right. Seoul all done and it was so much more money life changing money I was in Costa in the fort with my family Martin rang me and I thought, what's happening he, um, he goes how do you feel about going back to Rangers? I went, shut up, mate. He went, no, seriously. They've offered this. I went, less than hearts. I went, I do less it. Than less than hearts. Less than hearts. Hearts, but, but hearts went way and beyond to sign me. Mm. But, it was, so less than hearts, I went, get it done. So I've come off the phone, like a Cheshire cat smiling, my missus and her mum, mother-in-law, she went, are you so happy? I went, so they, they're Rangers fans as well. My missus was in Manchester. I found a box with Rangers strips, her strips and all. So I went, how do you feel about going to Ibrox and supporting me? She went, shut up. I went, hi. She went, no way. I went, I, f- I think it's, I think it's going to happen. So uh, it was just like, that feeling again was just like, wow. So it was, the Rangers was only going to be the only team. I was obviously what I left hearts for. Because um, they, they needed to sell me because I was obviously, I took a massive pay cut as well for the second year because I was in the clause. So it was just like one of them things that, I basically had to leave to help the club out to try and. Did it make better that Gerard was at Rangers, or did that no matter to you? Um, so I was speaking of I was speaking to Stephen Gerrard, like leaning up and Hearts were being a wee bit difficult, letting me go to Rangers and stuff like that there, and um, it it was good. Obviously, someone like Stephen Gerrard wanted to sign me. Jesus, he's. I used to. Used to have them see the wee the wee bodies and the big heads. Yeah. I used to when I was younger, and he used to be in my midfielder, and he used to be in my champ man team. And yeah. I thought, yeah, I'm going to be playing. I'm going to actually be playing under Stephen Gerrard. So that's obviously another bonus. Obviously, Rangers speaks for itself. So the excitement was there, um, and all of my mates was like, I always have a lad, I have a lad's chat with two of my. To my mates from from Scotland, and um, 
massive Rangers fans. I was like, just speaking to them, I was like, listen, lads, I'm, I might be going to Rangers. It's probably 99% sure. But it was kept in the group that, and it was amazing. Um, they, they were buzzing, but yeah, I think, I think it didn't matter who, what manager was there. Oh, well, go on. But being there, Steven Gerrard was obviously not an excitement. And how is he as a manager after you've signed for Rangers? You go and what was your initial impressions? I'm impressed. Speaking to him on the phone and then signing was too different. Like he, he, he keeps himself to himself. He's quiet. And the longer I was there, I started realizing that Michael Beale. I think he's he's the the man behind it. No disrespect to Stephen Gerrard because I think he's he's an amazing manager. How he approaches himself and what where he's took Rangers from, from day one to now is night and day. He's made Rangers a force again in Scotland and in Europe. But Michael Beale, he's behind the scenes and he's doing. He's I think he's the the brains behind it. Technically, he's 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 amazing. I uh, I think if Stephen Gerrard went managed to say I, I think everyone knows he's he's lined up for Liverpool at some stage. If he's went to Liverpool and Michael Beale stayed, I think there wouldn't be a change. Really, right? I think Michael Beale is he just everything. He's in he's in everything detail. Um and he, he he could probably step up to be a manager. Wow. Um, because he, he's that good, Billy. See when, so see when you signed there, did, were you told by Stephen Gerrard that you'd be a starter? Like um, he, 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 he didn't really, he didn't really say I'd be a starter. Yet, but because Alfredo was there and he's he's done so well, and he didn't say I was going to be on the bench. He says that I, I'd get my fair share of games, and obviously that's how well I perform as well. And um. I was like, I, I, but I was like, I was like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be Rangers again. So obviously, that getting that chance again, that's enough for me to be back home and stuff like that. There is brilliant, but obviously, I want to, I want to play, I want to make a difference in the team and try and win the league for them. But obviously, things didn't work out for planned, and Alfredo, and Alfredo, he, he's kicked on like. I remember with Hearts watching Rangers games and thinking, fuck your hell, man, I can't stand that guy. Never passes. It's just all about him. I got there and he's, I don't know what the, the difference was from that season. He just, he was a completely different player. Just completely different. You can play in the Premiership, Jay, you can play in the Premiership. Aye. 100%. He's he's kicked on and he's kicked on again last season and he's just a no like in Europe as well like he's he's just a different player and me and Alfredo got to be amazing mates. It's as strange as it sounds, I didn't have a clue what he was saying and he didn't have a clue what I was saying. But we we were like great pals and we always had we always had Daniel Candace. He was, yeah, it was us three always going for coffees and stuff like that. There was us three, and obviously Daniel was the translator. But like Alfredo could have been calling me a prick and all that. 
when that was there, I was like, oh, yes, brilliant, mate. But brilliant. He's, he's an amazing guy. Um, and yeah, 100% he can play in the Prem. Um, but I think the longer he's out range, there's the, the bigger chance that we will have of winning the, winning the league. See, uh, see, just on your second spell at Rangers, you've got played out left quite a lot as well. Like, was that a bit frustrating? It's just the way that we played. Like, he, he wanted to play. He says he, he tried to two up top. That's what he had planned and stuff like that there. And didn't really, didn't really like work when we played up top, two up top, because Alfredo, he, he was just, there's no discipline in Alfredo. He just, he, he was himself. He just ran everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I just left. Me in a position that I might as well have let up a cigar and watched them run around. You know, I felt like the third wheel kind of. I was just like, <laughs> so I, to try and get me into the team, he kind of played me more of more of the left. And mate, when I was first at Rangers, I played. I actually played the majority of me first time at Rangers out in the left. It's the worst position I've ever played. Hated it, mate. I've actually. Because it's always in the back of my mind. It's they can't. I can't make the the mistake to let them score. So I've always I've always took the defending part of the game more important than going forward. When I was like, I was like, so Walter and Ali would used to tell me, listen, you're a striker, but you're in the team. We want you in the team, so we have to play out the left. But I could never. I could never. I was always shattered. I could never get it past the halfway line. To be honest. Um, but it was just nah it was uh, the play up front uh, I needed to be probably by myself or someone to play off me because Alfredo he, he was just everywhere he was just he just wanted to do too much and I think this season he still puts in our, the last two seasons he's just he's put in a shift but he's he's in about the box and that's where he's scoring 30 odd goals a season now do you wish it went differently your second spell at Rangers aye 100% man I don't know why, why I, didn't it didn't work out as much as well as you you talked. I don't know. I, I me, mean, I felt nervous as anything at Rangers the second time. I don't know if it was because I was playing under Stephen Gerrard or what, but I don't know. I felt I spoke to him. I remember going and saying like, just speaking to him, saying getting some answers why I wasn't playing. I was like, I actually feel like I'm in a trial. You, that must be good going out to improve. Like you have to improve and. Make an expression on me. I think I don't know because I feel nervous. You make me feel nervous. So I don't know if I don't know what it was weird because I had a feeling like he he's, he keeps himself away from everyone and he doesn't really talk to many of the players. Doesn't really talk to many of the players. And I I, I, had, a, I had a feeling like he regretted signing me. After a couple of weeks, did you ask him that? No, I, I didn't ask him, but I just felt like I've, I've Motherwell, my debut, scored two goals. A few weeks after, I scored against Villarreal in the Europa League, and I'm thinking, nah, surely I'm doing, I'm doing all right. And then I just, I don't know, I, I think I maybe overthought things and stuff like that there, but. But was it never a, like, a well done, Kyle? Brilliant, that was excellent. Against St. Johnson away, we were losing 1-0. I've came on. Cheated, uh, 
you could kind of see I changed the game. We went on to win 2 0 or 2 1. And he came to me in the dressing room, came up to me and he went, You perform like that every game or any time you get a chance, then yeah, that's what we want. That's what we, that's what we were signing for. Mm. So it made me feel good, but then it, it, was, it was strange. It was, I don't know if it's the first time I've never kind of been able to have a bit of banter or I was like joking with the manager or the manager made me feel like wanted. Mm. I think that maybe got, made me feel like insecure or something like that there. But it was just a weird feeling. I think it played a massive part in my performances. And I mean, I felt like I was 16 again, making a debut professional. Especially like your established player and the season you'd had before that as well. It was mental. Like I used to get the ball and I was like panicking. I used to like be in games and like, don't pass me the ball, don't pass me the ball. Wow. And I was like, this isn't me. And I said it to him and he just, just be yourself. Like I signed you, he used to say some of the greatest, but best things. Like that's why I signed you because what you've done this season before. I'm like, that's good to know. But then the next game, I might not get on, and we might we might be losing the game or drawn, and we need to win, and we wouldn't get on. I get on for three minutes. Like Mm. the hell, Jim. You need to be at a place where you're like always the main man. Yeah, you play better when you, you've got that manager who thinks he's my number one, he'll play every week no matter what. Hey, Michael O'Neill's done wonders for me at Northern Ireland. He made me, probably made me appreciate myself and know what, what I was all about and play to my strengths and stuff like that there that I've done so well under Michael and obviously being at Austin, at Hearts Austin made me he made me like the big vocal point. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, vocal point. Yeah. Like, but those like Christoph Burr played championship, played the high level all his career, and there was people in the team as well that was like played the same level as me. But Hurst just made me feel like it's down to you. Yeah before and we win the game and stuff like that there so it was good and the fans made me feel like that as well I think I think I, that definitely needed to be a place that I'm loved or I'm wanted and it, it, it would help me Did it come as a shock then when the, the contract was terminated like how did that come about you still had a year left on your contract Yeah a year on my contract then I was getting offers, offers here there and everywhere and more money and stuff like that there and I was just like I don't know, and the window closed, and oh, the window was coming to be closed, and I just said to myself, "Will I regret staying here, taking the money? I'm not going to play. I was told before I'm not going to play. You're going to be in the, you're going to be training with the. Young when were you told that? At what stage were you told that? We were told there was a handful of players told this end of the season before. Right. So like you know, we got in and we were we were changing in the young lads' dressing room. Wasn't allowed to park in the pro car park or anything like that. Complete. Wasn't even allowed to use a pro gym or wasn't even allowed to eat with the first teamers. So I'm sitting, no eating, I'm sitting eating with 15, 16 year olds. Me and me and like 
Graham Dorans does is play in the Premier League for 10 years. So it's things they got. It's like, no, nah, I can't be here, man. And take, taking a wage and not being involved. And I said, I actually sat down one day, one night, night and just thought, and I thought, the way I left the first time, I regretted it. Well, I regret taking that money and not being involved, not playing a part in Rangers again. Giving someone that they could sign to go on and help in the league. Should I just leave? So I've terminated my contract. I agreed to terminate my contract and left. And they went on and obviously signed a few more players, which has obviously strengthened the squad. So I just couldn't couldn't be there. Like I missed it. I missed it so much. Like even when we beat Celtic two 0 at Ibrox, I was in the stands and I was itching to be. It's the first time in Old Firm I wasn't involved in. Right. I was itching to be in among the fans. I was in the director's box and just in my suit celebrating when we scored, but not 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 being able to do a normal fan thing. Um, and I was like, nah, me, I can't. I always wonder, this, see when, uh, when you're, you get told you can't train the team, you've got to train the youth team, you know, who tells you that? Is it just, do you just get, it was, is it a coach comes in and says you can't, you can't the, do the things anymore? The, the, the Stephen Gerrard told us, he's like, listen, you're going to be, next season, you're going to be, you won't be part of the, the squad, you'll be, if you're here, you'll be part of the, the on the 21s and the, the youth team squads and all that. You just accept that? You just accept that, huh? Aye. There's no way, like I came in and I've, didn't even have didn't even have a training kit. I was I was wearing fifty three, one of the younger lads' training kits and stuff like that. There, I was like, Christ's sake! And I I was meeting some of the lads, like walking past some of the lads in the training ground or in the training ground, and I was like, felt awkward talking to them. Like nothing worse, man. Nothing worse. I mean, you've got Davo and Jordan Jones and all the lads that I still still speak to because they're friends, but. Like some of the lads that I was teammates, I was like, I feel awkward sitting here, like speaking to them. I've always said this in interviews as well. Football's mad, isn't it? Like one year with Hearts, you're absolutely flying. A year later, mate, you're as lower than bullshit. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's mental. Just, uh, just now, obviously, you're without a club. Um, what you want to do? You want to stay in Britain? Is it back abroad? What are you looking for? I don't know. Like, I misses Julie. Again, in the next couple of weeks, she could be given. She could be in labour, or waters could have broken out in the kitchen. I don't know. But, Especially after some of your stories. <laughs> <laughs> but now, like she's due to give birth any any week now, so it's just one of them things that like to, to hold off and see what happens. But I, mean, I love going abroad. The whole everything that comes with it, like training in the afternoon, having coffee, just in the sun and stuff like that. There, it's 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 a different feeling and. I think my game suits abroad, like people that doesn't understand English and my language, I can say whatever I want to them and they look at me and they smile and stuff like that there and I can fling my elbows and I can just do whatever I want and they, they don't know what I'm saying. Stuff like that there, like I, I love that and like if I'd say that to someone in the UK, they'd fucking come back. I'm like... <laughs> They, 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 yeah, get, your, get yourself back to the hearts, man. Maybe, you know what? I'd, I'd go back to hearts. Like I'd, even when I, before I left Rangers, I was, I was like, 
spoke to Austin and they're like, listen, your name's there. It's up to the manager now. But I think he wanted to sign his own players rather than people that's been there before. But I'd, I mean, I'd go back to Hearts. Um, they're, they're an amazing club and it's uh, the amazing people own it. And I think obviously what's happened to them now with the relegating... I don't think the fans deserve it and most certainly I think Anne Burge the budget deserves deserves more thanks very much for coming on mate absolutely loved it no worries top man well man I'll speak to you in a bit Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.